Welcome to the Tokyo Lens Podcast. As always, if you are a regular listener, welcome back. I don't know if you guys can hear the smile on my face, but it is there. This is going to be our end of year episode, and we are going to try and make it a good one. You see, the podcast itself kicked off almost exactly one year ago, about one year and a month. It started as an expansion to the Q&As that were done on the Tokyo Lens channel at the time, because you see, on the videos, I have to cut so much stuff just to keep the flow of the video, but I really wanted to do something a little more personal, a little more involved. And so I started the podcast, a place where we can sit, we can go into more detail, and I don't have to cut or edit things anywhere near the way that I do for videos. The podcast itself was originally intended very much like the vlog, to be a bit of an experiment to be something that I would see if I wanted to continue doing and to see if it was something that I could figure out a way to provide value through. Over the last year, we have done countless podcast episodes and had tons of adventures here. And I'm going to take the time today to reflect, not just on the podcast, but on the year. It's been a bit of a, a tradition for me over the past three to five years to look at the year at the end, reflect on everything that I've done. And in the podcast today, we're going to look at everything that we have done together over the last year. Now, it has been a crazy year, but let's take a look at one year in total and maybe talk about some of the adventure to come. You see, over the last year, I'd say about one, ah, exactly one year ago, I went back to Canada for the very first time. I saw my family as a whole for the first time, not very first time, very first time in three years. And I saw my family as a whole for the first time in three to four years. It was fantastic. And a little bit of adventure started right there as I found 12 tapes from my first trip to Japan. I brought those back to Japan and, and they just they just sat and, and waited. But that, that, that Canada trip was fantastic. I came back to Tokyo and we jumped right into things coming back to Tokyo with exploring tons of hidden spots around Tokyo. I still have a lot more hidden spots to show, so hold tight. And yeah, we're, we've just, there's just so much more adventure to come. I've made music videos with Kiki and other Shamisen players. We've put them up on Shamisen in Tokyo and some have gone straight to album release for them. I lost my hearing for a while. Um, that was pretty big. Did get my hearing back. There are videos about that up on the channel, but that was a really dark time for me because you see, losing my hearing wasn't just stressful because, oh, one of my ears went deaf, but losing my hearing was terrifying because a large part of my life is not just video creation, but it's shamisen. And you see, when I went deaf in one ear, it became impossible to properly hear the sound or tune my shamisen or know if I was hitting the right notes when I was playing because shamisen doesn't have frets like a guitar, so you have to be able to feel out every note, and I lost the ability to do that. So me losing my hearing in my left ear for the period of time that I did, I felt like it kind of threatened the entire future of what I was doing of the, the last five to ten years of work that I put in to be where I am. You see, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who are just joining the podcast now, or for those of you who've stumbled across this episode, I not only play the Tsugaru Shamisen, which is a three-string Japanese instrument, but I am the apprentice 
of two gentlemen called the Yoshida brothers. In particular, I learned from the older of the two Yoshida brothers and gaining that apprenticeship, reaching that as a goal was something that took me quite a bit of work. And there is actually, as soon as I can, I'm going to be sharing it with you guys. There, there might be an article coming out soon about the entire story. I've tried time and again to put together a video on it, but it's just, it's just such a, it's, it's a long timeline and a lot of stuff happened in it. Maybe someday we'll do a proper, proper video on it. So I did get my hearing back, which was fantastic. Um, for those of you who do suffer from any form of physical ailment in Japan, there's a lot of ups and downs when it comes to Japanese hospitals. I've had people leave, like friends leave Japan because they weren't able to find a proper doctor to help them with something that had gone wrong. One piece of advice that I will give to each and every one of you, if you come to Japan and you're here for an extended time and you run into a serious problem, find a specialty doctor at a university hospital. The difference between a normal doctor just walking into a clinic and a specialty doctor at a university hospital is night and day. When I initially lost my hearing, I went to an ENT, ear, nose, and throat doctor, and they're like, oh yeah, here's some medicine. Nothing got better. I went to another doctor. They were like, eh, yeah, your hearing might come back. We don't know. Then finally, a friend who's a uh, pharmacist here in Japan was like, no, you got to go to a specialist at a university hospital. Introduced me to a proper university hospital. I went there and they're like, no, this is a serious problem and we need to start dealing with it right now. And shortly after, my hearing actually started to get better. So, university hospitals, specialist doctors, that would be my advice to you on that one. I've been through it, so hopefully you don't have to. But now for something a little more positive and a little more exciting, this year, finally, finally, I released photo prints. And I released photo prints mostly because a few people on Instagram and on YouTube had commented like, oh, are you going to be selling these as prints? And I had just eventually gotten enough comments that I was like, well, you know what, why why not try it? Didn't really expect for them to sell, but oh boy, you guys really, really took to the prints. All of you who have taken the time to like send me photos of the print up in your house, thank you so much to all of you who have invested in a print. I really, really hope it was worth it. I actually, I still have two in my house, two of the ones that I really like, and I printed one that I didn't put up for sale, but I just really, there's something special to be said about printing your own photos. It's a real learning experience because you have the chance to see the photo right in front of you in a much larger size than any monitor that you'd ever be able to view it on and it's not backlit which means you really get the true like photo experience and just to have that tech text text I can't speak English just to be able to touch it <laughs> just to be able to touch it is just amazing. Anyway now I yeah the, uh, this there's just so much more to be said about the year. Like, for example, I, shortly after releasing Prince, I played in the Shamisen tournament up in Aomori. Um, I visited Sharla in Korea. That was an amazing experience. We had so much fun. And then the big one, the big turning point, the thing that everything was leading to, the thing that the podcast, the videos, the channel, everything was leading up to. In July, I quit my job. And honestly, I haven't really taken the time to reflect and talk about it. But what will what I will say at this point 
is I feel that it was by far the best decision I have ever made in my life. A lot of my friends, especially my creator friends, turn to me and they're like, really, you, you, at the time I think of quitting, I think I had something like 20,000 subscribers and they're like, ooh, you're quitting your job. I was like, it's, it's not about the numbers. It's, it's never ever about the numbers. You see, for me, outside of my video creation and YouTube and everything like that, I do a lot of video shooting projects for other clients. The shamisen work is one of my main things a few shamisen performances a month is definitely enough to you know kind of help me survive at least and it's something that I really enjoy doing and it's something that for years and years and years I had to say no to. I would have offers to go out and do a shoot out here or I would have offers to go and do a shamisen performance somewhere and I had to say no because I was tied to my corporate job and couldn't make the time. But I can now say yes, and I've been able to say yes to so much, and so yeah, it's, it's been really, really fantastic. Um, we will have a proper reflection on it at some point. It just still feels a little bit early. It's only been about six or so months since leaving the job, but I can tell you that things are going well. I'm enjoying being able to put out more content for you guys. I'm really enjoying life as a whole. In fact, you know, shortly after I quit my job. Uh, I was followed for a month by a TV crew. It was from a TV show called, you know, What Did You Come to Japan to Do? It's uh, You and Nani Shinini Boy. And at first, I straight out rejected them. I was like, no, I, I don't really, I'm not interested in being on your TV show, but thank you. Uh, but they, they insisted. You see, they approached me at the airport as I was coming back from Korea. And they were like, hey, um, sorry to interrupt your phone call. And as I pulled the phone away, they saw the photo of the person. I, I have photos for everybody in my contact list. And they saw a photo of the older Yoshida brother. And they're like, is that, is that the person holding away? Is that one of the Yoshida brothers? Are you talking to? And I was like, yes. And they're like, why? And I was like, I'm their apprentice. And they're like, oh, we, we would love to follow you for a while. And I said, no. Uh, they reached out again and they're like, we would really like to do this. And again, I said no. And then finally, I, I talked to the older Yoshida brother and I was like, you know, they're, they're kind of consistent and persistent. Like, it's, it's almost every day they're mailing me. And he's like, you know what? I think you should do it. And so I figured, you know, you don't really, when your shisho or your, your teacher, master, whatever you want to call it, recommends you to do something, you don't really turn your nose up at that. So I took the opportunity. They followed me for a month. And I think that we spent seven or eight days together in that month. And they really only used footage from about two days. So there was a lot of stuff they cut out of there. But... It turns out that that was one of their bigger episodes of the year. So we're going to loop back to that at the end with a little bit of an exciting announcement. So, um, but shortly after they finished following me, you know, it, it was wonderful because I had just left my corporate job, which means I had the freedom to have them follow me for a month. And then when Alexander, my little brother, visited me, I was able to spend the five weeks with him uninterrupted by having to go into an office job for like nine hours a day, five days a week. That was spectacular. The Alexander saga and series, we all had so much fun together. I feel like this time was a, like, 
we really kind of became a community because that series of videos was very, very different from the usual content that I did. Alexander and I did a lot of exploring. He taught me a lot about the area of Akihabara, which he loves. We just did so much content together. We did, uh, we went over to Twitch, I believe, and did almost an entire month of like live streaming, like three or four live streams a week. It was just so much. We, we just couldn't put out enough content. We were just having too much fun with it. And then right after Alexander left, I headed to Italy. In fact, twice. I've been to Italy twice now and the Italy jobs were me taking shamisen players out to do performances in Italy. First we went to Naples, Italy, which I have very strongly learned is very different from the rest of Italy. Um, I did a video on culture shock, uh, Tokyo, you know, Japan versus Italy or something like that. And everyone in the comment section was like, no, no, this isn't Italy, this is Naples or Napoli. It's very different from the rest of Italy. Please don't judge the rest of Italy based on this. So that was a very interesting experience and then after that I was able to go a little more north and we went out to the Tuscany area of Italy. Um, we may have more Italy trips coming up in the future and yeah we, we definitely have some more travel coming up in 2019 so now after that uh, we, we got into some really really exciting video content like one of my favorites of the year was just having the chance to share some of my rooftop explorations with you guys exploring the rooftops of Tokyo has been something that I have loved doing as long as I can remember and it's been one of those things that is very, very kind of reflective and meditative and personal to me. So it's not one that I had ever really made videos on. I'd, I'd done videos that featured moments of me being on a rooftop. When Hannah Lucas and I went out for an entire night of rooftop shooting, it was a great opportunity for me to share it with you guys. And I did, if you haven't seen that one, definitely check it out. It was a fun video. And then, those tapes from last year, from like, what, January, December, those tapes that I found in my basement in Canada that featured my very first ever trip to Japan. One of the gentlemen from that TV show who ran the cameras was kind enough to digitize those tapes for me. And I was actually able to start watching them for the very first time ever. For now, all I can really say about that is um, it, it's very cringeworthy. It, I just, it was really, really, it was more surprisingly different to watch than I expected. Like I knew that watching these tapes was going to be, I was like, oh, it's gonna be old me. I'm probably gonna look really different. I might sound a bit different, but it's unbelievable to look back and see how far we come and it's one of the reasons that i started the vlog the vlog is also not just to share content about japan and everything like that but it is to document my life and the change that i'm going through at this time and see where i move through to the future it's something that you know i'll be able to look back on in 20 30 years and be like you know, that's what I was doing back in 2018, 2019, 2020, all of that. And now watching these tapes from my very first ever trip to Japan, I feel stronger than ever that I made the right choice 
to do the vlog and stick with the vlog. Even if nobody were to ever watch it, I think I would definitely continue doing it just because it's fantastic to be able to document. Can you imagine, I've said it before, I know I've said it before, but can you imagine if your parents or grandparents had been vlogging and you were able to go back and watch vlogs from your grandparents' life, like what, 30, 40, 50 years ago, would you do it? I know for a fact, if my grandparents had been vlogging, oof, I, that is something that I would go back and watch. So that type of thing, the, the, the future, the legacy, everything like that, to be able to see what life was like at this time. It's a bit of a time capsule as well, which is why I try and capture it as accurately as I can. But after the tapes, something big happened. Around the same time as the tapes, something big happened, and that is I finally got approval from the Yoshida brothers to purchase my next shamisen. Now this is this is a really really big moment for me. I purchased my first shamisen probably somewhere between 6 and 8 years ago, maybe 7 or 8 years ago. I've been using the same shamisen ever since and it was time. I felt like it was time for me to upgrade with more shamisen jobs now coming in with more performances, concerts, and everything. I felt like it was time for me to get a shamisen that matched what I'm doing. But asking to, to see if, you know, the Yoshida brothers, the people that I'm learning from, felt like it was genuinely time for me to take the plunge because buying a new shamisen, this is, it's big. They're not, the only thing that I could compare it to is maybe a cheap car um, or a decent used car. And it's, it's a huge investment. And for me to purchase, it means that not only am I committing to moving forward, but for them to green light me purchasing it, it means that they are committing to being willing to move forward with me as well. And it's, it's not short term because a new shamisen, obviously I'm going to be using that for half a decade, a decade, maybe more. So they're, yeah, asking them uh, if it's okay for me to purchase a new shamisen is really also me asking them, um, you know, are, are, we, are we continuing together long term? And for them to say yes, um, it was a really, really big moment for me. And so actually, uh, I'm going to go ahead and share it right here in the podcast. I haven't even shared it on the YouTube channel yet. Uh, yes, two days ago, two days ago, I went out to the mountains of Sagamihara to the workshop of the shamisen maker and picked up my shamisen. It is within eye's distance of where I am right now. I'm looking at it as I shoot this podcast. Can't wait to pick it up and play it today. And that's actually pretty much all I've done for the last 48 or so hours. I spent about nine hours yesterday playing my new shamisen, just trying to get comfortable with it, break it in. The sound between that and my old shamisen is night and day. They don't even sound like the same instrument. It's like the difference between a guitar and a bass. Uh, it's, I just, there will be content coming on it once I figure out how to introduce this shamisen on the channel in a way that really captures even a tenth of how I feel about it. I will do that. But ladies and gents, I have picked up my new shamisen and it is truly amazing. And so now, for those of you who have stuck around 
to this moment in the podcast, there's something that I want to share with you, something really big, something that is the culmination of years and years of work. So as we are here now at the 20 minute mark, I have a bit of an announcement. The announcement is about something that happened or more something that is about to happen, something that's coming up. You see in today's podcast episode, I've repeatedly looped back to one topic, the one topic that drives everything that I do, the one topic that really gave birth to my time here on YouTube and the podcast, and the one topic that will drive us into the future, and that is shamisen. You see, a little bit of a, a brief summary for those of you who don't know. So. The way the whole shamisen thing came together was I lived in Japan once, I went back to Canada, a friend gave me a CD of the Yoshida brothers, these two shamisen playing brothers who had mind-blowing skill. I had never heard of shamisen before that moment, but listened to the CD and was really taken aback. I was like, this, this is some of the most amazing content I have ever heard. These guys are incredible. Went out of my way to go with my little brother down to a convention in the States, and at this convention, it just so happened that the Yoshida brothers were there. I managed to meet them at a signing face to face for the very first time and made the audacious promise that someday we would meet again in Japan. Fast forward, I moved back to Japan. I didn't start Shamisen, but I did purchase a race car for drifting and I spent a while drifting. In the midst of this, I managed to crash and destroy the car as you often do in drifting and was inspired by a friend to chase something bigger than myself. In our, in our conversation, he had turned to me and said, if you could do anything, absolutely anything, what would it be? And I said, I would be the apprentice of the Yoshida brothers. And he said, well, then do it. And I decided, you know what? I, I'm, I'm gonna start chasing flash forward a year, two years or so later. It was a lot of work and a story for another time, but I managed to become the apprentice of the Yoshida brothers. I had received a phone call from the older Yoshida brother one day telling me that he couldn't make any promises, but to grab the shamisen that I had purchased recently and head to his house for coffee. That is exactly what I did. I pleaded my case to him in person. And ever since then, I've been playing as the apprentice of the Yoshida brothers. But you see, that wasn't enough for me. I wanted, I wanted more shamisen in my life. I wanted to be surrounded by shamisen. I wanted to make a life out of this. And so I started making videos for shamisen players, which kicked off the shamisen in Tokyo channel, which was my original YouTube channel and what gave birth to Tokyo Lens, which gave birth to the podcast, which brings us to where we are now, I have spent the last six or seven years putting in countless hours of shamisen practice. And, you know, it's, it's something that's become very, very personal to me. And something happened recently. And I'm going to tell you the, the, full, the, the full story because I want you guys to have the same feel or at least info that I had as we move forward. So after I finished the TV show of the You and Nanishi Nippon, that like, what did you come to Japan to do TV show? It turns out that episode was rather popular. It was more popular, I guess, than I, I was expecting. I thought I was going to be a minor part. They actually made me one of the main segments. And they contacted me and they're like, we would like to do 
a New Year's special that involves you. We would like you to be part of our New Year's special. Now, me being me and feeling the way that I do about TV and all of that, I'm a, I'm a bit of a grump when it comes to TV, to be honest with you. So I said thank you, but no thank you. I hope the end of your year goes fantastic. All the best of luck. And about three days later, another email came and said, we would really like you to be part of this. Um, we're going to up the ante a little bit and say that why don't you play Shamisen on this year-end special? I said, it sounds like a fantastic opportunity, but uh, the date that they were offering me, they said they want me to come to the studio at the beginning of December. And the beginning of December was an incredibly busy time for me. And I was like, I'm sorry, I cannot make any promises. Um, let's let's just, just set this aside. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to leave you waiting for a response. So I'm just going to go ahead and say no for now. Uh, but thank you again for the offer. A day or two later, another email came and said, listen, we, we would really like you to be on this program. Um, we're going to up the ante a little bit more. Uh, how about we have you be the opening act for this show? Again, my main concern at this point was scheduling. I was not sure at all that I would be available on the day. There was a very good chance actually that I was going to be in Italy on the day of the recording. So I was like, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't. I can't do it. I won't be able to go. Uh, I probably won't even be in Japan at the time. I really appreciate the offer, but sorry, no. Then another email came a few days later. And by this point, I was like, I've, I've said no enough times. And the email was kind of cryptic, honestly. The email said, um, we, we have a really big offer for you, uh, but we need you to get in touch with us. Uh, please call us. And I was like, well, th that's that's incredibly cryptic, and it's, it's requesting me to take even more time. I'm just going to focus on doing the work that I've got to do, and we're going to set this aside. And about a day later, I got another email, uh, followed up by a phone call that evening. Um, I didn't reply to the email, and I didn't answer the phone call because I was in the middle of shooting content or editing content or whatever it was at the time. I, I was I was busy. Um, and then the next day, I received two phone calls, and in the evening, a knock came on my door. Well, actually, somebody pressed the, the button, and I could see them on the intercom, but, you know, storytelling and all that, a knock came on the door. When I hit the intercom and I was like, yes, the gentleman was like, I'm from TV Tokyo. Uh, we really need to speak to you. I'm sorry. Uh, can, can, we, can, can I borrow two minutes of your time? Uh, I let him in, and he said, we really need you to get in touch with the producer. Like, tonight is okay. Uh, I think at the time it was like 8 p.m., so it felt kind of late and kind of intrusive in the moment. But, you know, if they're going to come all the way to your place, obviously it's kind of a big deal. Uh, they're like, we really need a response on this. Can you just get in touch with the, the, the producer? It's, it's kind of big, and it's going to require a bit of effort and scheduling. So I said, okay, okay, I'll get in touch with the producer, but I'll get in touch with him tomorrow because I've, I've got stuff going on. He said, that's fine. So the next morning, in the morning, I called the producer, and I said, what in the world is going on? Um, like, like how, uh, like, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate all the effort, but, like, what is up? And he's like, we have one final offer for you. And I was like, well, you know, again, I don't even know if I'm going to be in Japan. And he's like, at least let me make the offer. And then you can decide for yourself based on that. I was like, okay, sounds fair. What's up? And he's like, obviously, we would need to get approval for this. 
and it might not be easy, but we would like you to not only perform the opening act for our three-hour New Year's special to be played on January 1st, but there's a bit of a twist. Now, for those of you who don't know, I did do a podcast on New Year's versus Christmas in Japan. If you haven't listened to that one, I would definitely recommend giving it a listen. New Year's is kind of a big deal in Japan, and there's one day of the year that pretty much everybody in Japan is guaranteed to be sitting down watching TV, and that is January 1st. You see, in the first half of the day, people are going to go out, they're going to visit temples and shrines, and by the evening, usually somewhere around 4 or 5 p.m., everyone will head home, sit down, and watch TV, and have food with family. Nobody's out and about all the shops, all the restaurants, everything is closed. So the opportunity to be on TV on January 1st is, is kind of a big one. And he said, the offer that we have for you is we would like you to perform the opening act for this January 1st, 5.55 p.m. three-hour special together with the Yoshida Brothers. Now, I know there was a lot of lead up to this moment. I know me just telling this story was the better part of 10 minutes, and you probably figured it out a long, long time ago, but this was an insanely exciting moment for me. When I heard it, when I heard it, I was in disbelief. I believe I chuckled. I believe I said to him, like, you know, they're, they're probably not going to do that, but sure, um, I'll, you know, I'll get in touch with them and see what they, they think. Uh, he said, yeah, get in touch with them. I called the older of the two Yoshi brothers with a bit of a chuckle in my voice, and I said, um, so TV Tokyo has this, like, crazy idea, um, and I, I don't really know if we're going to be able to move forward with this, but I, I figured I would pitch the idea to you. Um, what do you think of this? And without skipping a beat, he was like, you know what, I, I, think that's, I think that's something that we can do. There's obviously a few people I need to talk to and a few think boxes we need to check off, but give me a couple days and I'll get back to you. From there, the next three to five days felt like the longest time of my life. You see, I was also, I felt kind of bad because I had a job coming up in, Itali in Italy, not Italia. I had a job coming up in Italy during that time, and I had to kind of put that on hold and say, uh, what are we going to do with this? I asked the, the, the staff from Italy to just kind of hold for a bit, and then when I finally got confirmation, I had to say to them, sorry, we're not going to be able to bring, go down for, for this particular job. Um, see you guys at the next one, etc." And then all of a sudden it was real, but I didn't feel that it was real. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't believe for a single second that I would be playing with the Yoshida brothers on TV, let alone during that time. So then came the rehearsals, we got together, we, uh, we hung out, got into a studio, we picked a song that we were going to do, we shortened it down to about one minute so that it would have that opening act feel to it. We practiced it in absolute, just, just over and over and over. We were ready to go, and then we headed to the TV studio on the day. We all got dressed up in kimono and hakama in true New Year's fashion, and we performed it. And so there it is. It is recorded. It is ready to go. 
And so that's the big exciting announcement is right there. On January 1st at 5.55 p.m. on the station TV Tokyo, I will be performing the opening act with the Yoshida Brothers. And I don't have words to express how much gratitude I feel for having this opportunity. Now, for those of you who are outside of Japan, for those of you who are like, oh, well, I can't watch TV Tokyo. Um, on, I, I kind of hinted at, you know, I've given a little bit of this announcement on a recent video and a gentleman named Nosh, who I actually ran into in Tokyo here once while Alexander was here, was kind enough to share something called iSakura TV, all one word, I Sakura TV will enable you to watch from overseas and apparently you get a three-day trial for two dollars and fifty cents now this isn't I'm not affiliated this isn't sponsored anything it's just for those of you who might be interested in actually watching this performance with the rest of us because I don't know how much of it I'm really gonna be able to share on the YouTube videos or anything like that. Um, if that's something you're interested in, I will link it in the podcast description and we will be good to go. Now, I have more announcements coming up, but I don't wanna jam pack one single podcast with just, just an abundance of announcements. So I'm gonna set those aside for now, but I we're gonna be visiting some more countries this year, bringing incredible shamisen players around the world and doing fantastic things. And I, who knows, I might be coming to where you are within this year, and that's very exciting. But we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, for now, I do wanna do what I do during times like this, the end of the year, Christmas, New Year's, it's an excellent time to express gratitude and I feel so much gratitude I really do and I know maybe I don't know <laughs> I feel like maybe I've, I've overexpressed it because I just did a video on the YouTube channel about expressing gratitude to you guys but the podcast crew all of you who take the time to actually hit that download button or hit subscribe and listen to each and every one of these podcast episodes thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. I've been kind of back and forth between two different microphone setups. Um, there's this current microphone setup, which has been used for the past two episodes. And then there's a different microphone setup that's used for like maybe, I don't know, seven or eight episodes before that. So if you have a preference, um, maybe hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, you can either tweet me or hit me in the DMs and let me know which one you like more. One of the goals for 2019 is going to be to be getting myself a, a like a proper podcasting setup. We've been in this for a year. I think we all know that we're gonna be continuing with it. There is so much more to share. Additionally, if you guys have stuff that you would like to hear about on the podcast, I would love to know. So again, Instagram, Twitter, hit me up in the DMs. I'd love to hear from you. Tweet it at me, whatever you want. And we'll see if we can't double up on podcast content coming in 2019. But with the end of the year just about here, I figure this is a great opportunity to say thank you all for being here for an entire year of Tokyo Lens Podcast. I hope that you've gotten some value from the content. I hope that you've had at least a decent year. And together, 
Let's make 2019 just a fantastic year. I was gonna say something like, let's make it the best year yet, but it feels really, really cheesy. I think together that we can make 2019 a really good year filled with more positivity, adventure, and excitement, not just for myself, but for each and every one of us, for you, for you listening to this right now, let's make 2019 a great year, full of positivity, new mindsets, and adventure. I cannot wait, it is just around the corner. And I hope you have a fantastic new year. If you're listening to this in 2019, welcome to the 2019. It's going to be a good one. I hope your new year's and holiday season was fantastic. Again, it would mean the world to me if you guys would take one minute out of your day to leave a review on Apple or Google podcasts. It really helps out. It'd be like a little bit of a new year gift to me. So thank you in advance if you're willing to do that. This will be the last podcast of 2018. I hope that you have a beautiful day and I will talk to you guys again real soon.